1: great to be back with you folks again we love the opportunity to come across your earwaves and to be able to sit around and talk about what God can do Stephanie Wesco to help those of us with PTSD to help those of us with hurting hearts to help us uh, see in God the answers he has an answer for all the junk we're going through that our lives are upside down and God has the way of putting us right back up I had an old pastor who used to say only God can unscramble eggs and Boy, sometimes we need to go to God. So uh, with me, as always, my friend, Stephanie. Now, Stephanie, we, we talked last week, and we, we told the folks a little bit. Your, your dear granddad uh, went on to heaven, and since that time, you were at his funeral, and he was recognized for his military service and things of that nature. You got together with family. And uh, so just just briefly, Stephanie, how's your family? How's your grandmothers and your mom? Is everybody doing Okay.
2: Yeah, you know, it's a bittersweet thing. Um, grandpa had been confined to a chair or a mostly a chair. He hated laying down. Yeah. Um, so mostly to a chair now for the last several years. Um he had said goodbye to us when we left for Cam before we left for Cameroon, um in you know, end of September of twenty eighteen. When we had gone to see him, he had hugged us goodbye and said, next time I see you, we'll be in heaven. And obviously, then a few weeks later, Charles was the one that was killed. And grandpa just died, you know, here um, three and a half years later. Um, So there was there was it was very sweet. Um, It was very special getting to see it's the first time I think all of us were together, except one of my um, siblings wasn't able to be there. And one of my cousins, but other than I, so I think there was two cousins missing, but all of the great, all of the other great grandkids and grandkids and their spouses were there. And um, it was a really special time um, for the family and just remembering the godly heritage the Lord gave us. And um, it was, it was fun. It was special to um, my grandma had found my grandpa's military records and to find out, um, you know, find out some more details. And, um, you know, he had an exemplary record. It was in his records, you know, that he was a good, you know, they had labeled him as that was his reputation. Um, when he was in the military was exemplary and all of that stuff. And so that was all really special. He worked on tanks and stuff. Um, he was in during the Korean war, but, um, it was just, it was a very special time with the family. And obviously, um, there's going to be adjustments that have to be made and all those things that happen when, when a grandpa dies, but, um, the Lord really blessed, honestly, um, just did honest open doors of reconnection and just ministry that, ministered to me. So I was, I was very thankful for that time. And we were able to spend time with my parents driving back and forth from the funeral. So it was, it was good.
1: Oh, that's great and uh, know that we're still praying for you, even the folks listening. So folks, we kind of moved around segments. As you remember last week, we've kind of landed on a zone where we're going to stay now, where we mention a characteristic of PTSD even prior to the study. So just to open you up on what's going on and how you can help and how you can pray. So once again, we're staring down a year's worth of uh, bills to go ahead and pay for the hosting and uh, to go ahead and pay for the editing of the podcast. So pray with us about that. It's about $150 a month uh, to do the podcast editing, another 50 a month for storage. So if you could pray with us about that and God were to move, you could go to woundedspirits.com, give drop down menu podcast. It'd be a great blessing or, you know, mail in a check or whatever the case may be. And uh, also, we're, we're looking at. As we go ahead and do this, we're aiming this a little more of a podcast uh, or of a radio show, a podcast that would fit into a radio show a little easier. Uh, Though some of you are listening to me today, I think there's a half dozen or so radio shows that run us now. We have an opportunity to uh, go syndicated a little bit more and uh, things of that nature. So over the next coming weeks or two, probably uh, we were praying. I think Stephanie and I talked about this a few weeks ago, that May 1st was our goal date to be able to present uh, this broadcast in two 12-minute and 15-second pieces that fit into a 30-minute spot on the radio. So we're going to be making some adjustments to do that. So keep us in your prayer as we do that in your prayers. And, and thank you for that. And so the characteristic, Stephanie, now this is one that I know you and I have suffered from this. And I think maybe everybody on earth, if they're over three years old, has been depressed about something. And depression is a real characteristic. I mean, it's, it's something that people deal with. In the Bible, it's called heaviness. Uh, It's one of those things where you almost want to shut down. You're feeling bad about yourself. You're feeling bad about your situation. Uh, You think that things around you aren't going to go exactly the way you want. You have a tendency um, when you're suffering from depression to always see the worst in every situation. Uh, the you know as Christians, a lot of times God always reminds us to always see the best in the situation, and we talk about that a lot. That as we draw nigh to Him, He draws nigh to us. That it doesn't matter about the bullets flying through the day. But I'm here to tell you, folks, it's not odd for a human being, for these finite creatures that we are, to suffer from depression. As a matter of fact, one of my favorite prophets of old, Elijah, uh, came off one of the greatest victories ever. Remember, Elijah was a Tishbite, and uh, he had come along, and he had been called as a prophet of God to... Uh, to deal with those propheti- the prophetess of Baal there and uh, uh, so he had to deal with Ahab and he had to deal with his wife Jezebel the prophetess of Baal and he had to deal with what was going on at that time and God sent him down and he told folks he said listen you know God just told me to tell you unless you get right and start serving the right God and doing these things there's going to be a drought and then there was a drought and Elijah went off and he was fed by the brook and um, he was fed fish and stuff. then the brook went dry and God had another plan sometimes folks when life dries up a little bit uh, in one area god has another plan in another area so always take heart and know that god may have another plan for you i know in my life over and over again i've found those other plans to be pretty cool and yeah. um, so then elijah ends up with the widow of zarephath you want to talk about a cool thing and the widow of zarephath's son unfortunately was starving to death and they only had a little bit of meal a little bit of oil whatever and and god just provided but that young man is too far gone and he died and Elijah, through his uh, faith, laid on him once for the Holy Spirit, once for the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And and this kid comes back to life. And then Elijah goes and he deals with these prophets of Baal. He deals with this stuff at Mount Carmel where he calls down fire, a great disadvantage. And you would think at that great height, Stephanie, you would think at the top of that mountain, you would think at the top of your ministry, you would think that when you saw God Almighty bring down fire on, on Mount Carmel, you would think at that point, There'd be no depression within a mile of you. Well, that's not the case at all. Uh, Jezebel put the word out that she was looking for him, and he ran. And uh, thank God he ran to God. And he ended up in the hills, and that's a whole other sermon. But God came to him in a still, small voice, not through the hurricanes, not through the tornadoes, not through the fire, uh, not through the floods, uh, but he came to him in that still small voice and said, Elijah, there's a whole lot left to do here on earth and sent him out to go ahead and crown people and ordain people and uh, to move things. And, and, and I think this characteristic of depression is real. And uh, I think God has a plan for us. And when we go back to God, when we go looking for God and we get our food right and we get our physical right, more importantly, we get spiritually right with God. He's going to give us those still small voices as we read his word, as we pray and he's going to remind us that there's a whole lot for us still to do. And, uh, and we need to be there. What say you, Stephanie?
2: No, I agree. Depression is something that um, is very real. And so if you have someone you know who is struggling with it, be a friend to them um, in the sense of, you know, it, it's very easy to just – cram verses down somebody's throat and say, this is, you know, this is such a black and white solution. Um, but understanding that people that are suffering with the suffering from depression, dealing with heavy discouragement, heavy, heavy burdens that are weighing them down. Yeah. Sometimes the best thing you can do is, you know, shoot them a text and say, I love you. I'm praying for you. And, um, I don't understand what you're going through, but I'm holding you up before the one who does. There it is. Just shower them with with the love of Christ because sometimes that's the biggest tool to see them them come around.
1: Love is a great attribute from God and certainly sharing that is a wonderful thing. Thank you. So we're in the book of Proverbs chapter number 15. We're in verse number 25. And uh, the Bible says, the Lord will destroy the house of the proud, but he will establish the border of the widow, you know. Throughout the Bible, I was doing a Bible study this morning. It was talking about God establishes His people. Uh, he He establishes them. But uh, you know, when we look at this, uh, he, you know, this verse here. Those who choose pride, you know, they set themselves against God. That's what the beginning of this verse is saying. It, it's you know, you're you're adamantly opposed to God, and uh, and when you do that, God will set Himself against you. Uh, you know, your house, your, your livelihood, they're all targets for destruction. I mean, when, when you're that person, when you're so hung up in your pride and, you know, with pride, Stephanie comes prejudice and, and with pride comes arrogance and haughtiness and all those different things we've read about over and over again, it's folly, it's foolishness, but then God on the other side with this Hebrew, Hebrew poetry talks about a widow and, and you know what being a widow is all too well. And, you know, uh often in the Bible, when, when, when God brings up a widow, it's a picture of humility, a needy person that that needs and depends on God that, you know, in most cases in these days, the widow would uh, stay home and tend to the children and the immediate needs of the home and things of that nature. And, and so I love in this verse where, where it comes out and, and it says, but he will establish the border of the widow. He'll look out for the widow. He's got the widow's back. And mm-hmm. and Stephanie, I'm sure you have a lot to say about these verses. And what comes to your mind here?
2: Well, this verse, obviously, you know, there's certain verses that stand out to you as you deal with different stages of life. Um, and I thought about this verse and been like, exactly what does that mean? You know, he establishes the border of the widow. Um, but it's a verse I'm going to take as a comfort because um, I think what God is saying here, and I think the reason he uses this this term, it's almost like he's contrasting. And, you know, it's there's not much to be proud of when you're a widow. Yeah. Um, you, you feel very helpless. You feel very vulnerable. You feel very much. Um,
1: the other end of pride. Yeah.
2: Very, well, very much like you're the outcast, you're the odd duck, you know, in situations. um, And I've talked to another widow about this and, you know, Valentine's rolls around. Let me tell you, there ain't nothing to be proud of around Valentine's. You you struggle with things that, um, that leave you feeling like I am definitely the odd duck out and it doesn't leave you with much to be proud of. And so there's a sense in which God is saying, I'll look out for you because of that. And and I'm not saying that, that it's wrong to be proud of being married or proud. And, and I mean in a good way. But what this is contrasting is the sense of I've got the world by the tail. I've got what I need. I'm on top of everything. I'm in control. This sense of pride that comes with those things, a, a wrong pride. It's the things that a widow honestly has nothing. She doesn't have anything to brag about um, except for God.
1: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And
2: God's taught me that. So,
1: yeah. Well, and I, and I like what you're saying there and, 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 you know, it's really, this verse is, is that easy. I think for us to understand too, is, you know, I'm going to destroy the house of the proud. However, you know, I've got the widow's boundaries covered. I got the widow covered. And, uh, you know, I always say, you know, God forbid those who come against a widow, those God forbid those who raise their voice or, uh, begin a character assassination or something against a widow. I mean, that's just the opposite of our Holy God. It's the opposite of the scripture we're looking at right here. And, uh, You know, the picture of the widow in God's word is always a humble, needy person who's completely depending on God. And we're seeing that in a verse. And then we're seeing the people uh, of the proud that are just, you know, wicked and totally as far away from God as they can be. So what a great reminder, I think, for us this morning is to remember that, hey, be more like that widow that's where we need to be, and 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 then we look at verse number twenty six, and it says the thoughts of the wicked, are in an abomination to the Lord, but the words of the pure are pleasant words, and uh, I, I, you know this whole thing is is you know wickedness doesn't begin with actions. I had to remember that. that was the hardest thing. I I actually learned that years ago when I was in school and stuff. You know, back when there was a Christian Judeo backbone in the school systems of America and things of that nature, but we'd always be reminded that when you do something wicked, when you do something bad, it doesn't start with your action. I played high school football. And, and one of the things is, you know, if you hit a guy after the play, if you, you know, got in a fight started some words, you could get your team penalized. And, uh, and the coach would always say, Hey dude, listen to me, man. Uh, that's not happening. Whatever's in your heart or your mind that you're planning to do somewhere today, you're not doing it. It's not something that just happened. It's already there in your heart, and uh, it's already thoughts that we have. It's in our mind. It's in our heart. It's something that we're giving energy to. And I don't want to give energy to wicked things. And uh, but knowing that you know that, that these pure words that the uh, but the words of the pure are pleasant words. Those are of value. Uh, you know, Solomon knows that a person's thoughts uh, would be ultimately revealed by their words. You know, he was a uh, one of the most intelligent guys who ever lived. So, God hears the words of the pure and he makes him please, is the bottom line here, Stephanie. I mean, what say you on this verse? Well, definitely, Doug, I think you're
2: spot on. And I think of the verse from um, um, 1914, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. And the idea that even the thoughts of the wicked, it doesn't even have to get to the words, which obviously lead to actions. Just the thoughts are an abomination to God. And that that's, that's very sobering. Um, they sense that they literally, God cannot stand them, that they're detestable to Him. And so being so careful that our words are words that are honoring and glorifying and pleasing to God, Um, words that bring him the the pleasure.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think so. And I, I, I think that's where we need to make sure we are today. What a good point there. And then over in verse number 27, he that is greedy of gain troubleth his own house, but he that hateth gifts shall live. And, uh, you know, you look at that verse right away and and greedy for gain, you know, greedy, you know, that person. uh, I don't know. It's not a wise thing to be. We see that it can bring trouble to one's house. Um, You know, the greedy guy wants a big cut on his business. They're the ones that are gouging people. The Bible reminds us in Romans 12 that uh, we should not be slothful in business. So, I mean, there's a lot going on here, I think, just in that verse that if you're greedy, and, uh, but then having the other side of that and say, well, you know, even today, Stephanie, you could get down here to a car dealer, uh, especially in our area, you know, with it, there's a million people between the city of Spartanburg and the city of Greenville and the counties in between. And, and boy, everybody's buying up cars and making bribes and things of that nature, even on washer machines and stuff, you know, everything's not stored quite the way they should be, but guys, God's, God's remembering us, you know, uh, he hates people who takes bribes. And, uh, you know it's it's just not going to fit
2: yeah yeah well and just being so careful to remember that are we are we living a life that's centered around stuff or centered around eternity because yeah that will affect that will affect your outlook it'll affect your love it'll affect what you live for um, and a lot of greed comes because of covetousness, you know it comes from having your focus on stuff versus mm-hmm. what's eternally important.
1: Yeah yeah and and you know we're a stuffed society. Um, yeah. I hate to say you know somewhere along the way we we've lost out on just you know your grandfather, uh, just a humble farmer out there, you know made a good living for himself, you know paid off his house, took care of his family, fed an awful lot of people. But somewhere between a man like that coming back in the fifties and uh, serving his wife and family, especially God, somewhere along the way, everybody wants to get rich quick schemes. Everybody wants to make as much money as possible. Everybody wants to, uh, I guess, come to the end of the life with the biggest bank account.
2: Yeah, sorry, I was, I was <laughs> not That's sure a- you were ready for my cue, but you're right. It's a materialistic mindset versus a, an eternity. Um, I'm going to live for what's most important. And if parents are this way, if they live greedy of gain, living for stuff or, um, whatever pleasures they, they, they can get of this earth and that's their whole focus that will be passed on to their children. And it becomes a stronghold, a way that Satan can keep a whole family ensnared. Um, and, you know, Jesus talks often about, um, loving anything else more than him. You know, we're not worthy of him if we do that. If you're not willing to take up your cross daily, if you're not willing to deny yourself, well, that's all going to go exactly contrary. Exactly. To the person who has this as their focus.
1: Yeah. So I, I guess it's, you know, where your heart is, there is your treasure. I, I mean, I guess, there, you know, we could go a long way with this, but we really don't have to. But I think our thought for the day with this, Stephanie, is what you just said is, is, you know, what's good enough? What's contentment? What is it? And maybe that's a litmus test for us as Christians. Maybe we need this litmus test today where we say, you know, what's good enough? Is a roof over our heads good enough? A vehicle good enough? Is all the food we need to eat good enough? You know, our our kids being able to be educated. I mean, what's good enough? And, you know, God's word is yeah. pretty clear on a lot of things we do where to train our children. Actually, that's where public school system had come from. You know, America was really mm-hmm. the great experiment on public schools uh, because, you know, only the rich got trained in Europe and in places like that over the years. And, you know, that's all biblical. And and so I think, I think that if there's a lesson that comes out of this today, Stephanie, I think we find ourselves in the lesson of, you know, what's good enough? Where are we at with all this? And uh, are we going to be that greedy person who's always trying to make an extra buck off somebody? Uh, are we going to be taking bribes? Or are we going to be that person that represents God in business, too? And, uh, you know, and we don't want to be slothful in business. We want to remember that. And then we started today, Stephanie, talking about depression and you know, I can't help but finish this one verse. Uh, I saved it for the end of the show to just kind of wrap everything up. But over in 1 Peter 5, 7, cast in all your care upon him, for he careth for you. So no matter where you're at today, no matter how depressed you feel or how back, it, cast it to God. Uh and uh, I know those of you who are heavy laden, I get that. Come on to me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. And and then just casting that to God, and, and he'll care for you. You know, when we get heavy, that word heavy in the Bible, most of the time you see it, if it's not talking about a weight, it's talking about uh, what we're going through and the idea of depression. But, hey, listen, we sure are— uh, happy again to come across your earwaves. We look forward to doing it again the next time. Uh, but please know we love you. If there's anything we can do for you, make sure you look us up on Healthful Wounded Spirits Facebook page. Drop us a note, and we'll make sure we get right back to you. Thank you very much, and may God bless you.